the Infinite Podcast with me, Ulf Tendeflitti, going boldly out into the unknown to find a greater truth about life and existence and everything and sharing it with you guys. This episode is uh, the live transmission from the Wake Up Show, episode 7, Polarization. My good friend, uh, Aston Garnes, uh, gave us this topic and... Uh, I do my best in the studio, and Rob has made some beautiful uh, clips. Uh, we, well, figure out whether there is a good or bad, and uh, whether you can truly be right or wrong. Or could you be both? And is Facebook to blame? <laughs> Enjoy this episode. The Wake Up Show. Um, it's me, this Ulf, uh, Magnus, and Fred and Eric, and we're we're around. Um, I think Ulf is in studio today. I'm. Um, I'm on my home to the west coast of Norway, and I'm enjoying this one. Enjoy! Good morning to you. This is the wake up show, and I guess by the looks of it, you're awake. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good everything. So I'm alone in the studio again. What's going on over here? Well, 
guess I just got to get comfortable with you guys. Uh, this is the Wake Up Show. And uh, welcome. And thank you for Rabbe making that eating and driving intro for us. This episode is about polarization. And now, before we get started on that, I'm going to give a big shout out to our Patreons, which are the supporters of the show. You can also become a Patreon if you go to patreon.com slash the wake up show. Sound effects for for piece of paper coming into the screen. Now, my beloved friend, Esne Garnes, who is uh, one of our wonderful patrons. Thank you. Uh, and thank you to all your other patrons again. Uh, he picked the topic for this episode. Now, when I said topic, he, the topic became like this big. That's that's I like that. So... I'm gonna read out loud to you. This is this is our topic for the day. I'm just gonna like put the whole thing out there. I wonder why the world has become so polarized. Why are you either very pro-left or pro-right in Norwegian politics? I think you can say in politics in general, but that's what it's asking. Why are people either for alternative medicine or very much against? Why do we think all other people are idiots? Because there's got to be a little positive and negative in everything. Nobody's just nice or just mean. Is Facebook to blame? <sighs> Damn, that's a good, uh, that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, it's like a question. That's a good theme. So the theme is polarization. Now, I was, I was, uh, I was trying to like figure out just quickly check that uh, things are functioning. Yes, things are working. We're good. We have picture. We have audio. That's cool. Polarization. A visual example which came to mind is this beautiful battery. Now, the battery is polarized. It's got like the plus, the positive side on this end and like the negative side on the other end. What's interesting about the battery is to get energy out of the battery, you have to tap into both sides, creating a loop, thus unleashing the 1.5 volts of energy stored inside the battery. Now, it does seem like for us humans, we've come to the sort of conclusion that to... to make things happen to 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 get energy out into the world we need to use these polarities just these opposites to make things happen so in order for there to be a right there needs to be a wrong in order for there to be a good there needs to be evil because we're in a reality of duality which is i guess another word for polar polarity and, well, then you have to make a stand, right? Which side are you on? Now, 
I think what's interesting about polarity is that even though there's a plus side and a minus side to our friend, the battery, you need both, right? So it's not like the minus is, you know, need that. And the plus, it does sound very positive. You need both to get that current going. That's that's nice, smooth stream of that river and all that good stuff. But what what seems to happen with us humans, humans is that we tend to get stuck on either side, right? So, and, and it, it's my understanding that the whole point of polarity is to, to join the forces, to, to meet up in the middle, right? Maybe if you picture it's like a triangle, that's cool. You got like the polar opposites at the bottom, but to actually get to a higher point, you need to these two forces combined. <sighs> but why the world has become so polarized? Now, obviously, one question I guess is maybe the world always has been this polarized. Like maybe we we've always been struggling with the same things, like at the campfire stone age style there was one guy by the fire be like we need to go out hunting to get food and the other guy was like no no we need to stay here and see what we can make out of the soil and then it was like well i'll go hunting and i'll go gathering and they split up or i guess they got back together again in the evening and tried to compare their the fruits of their labor um, and maybe one was better than the other. I guess vegetarians will say, yeah, the, the gatherers are nose up, well, whereas the meat eaters will say, the hunters, they have our votes. Oh, Rabbe has made this beautiful schedule. That's, that's good for me because uh, I might lose, lose track of everything. The good guy and the bad guy. Well, this ties very well, well, nicely into the whole polarity thing, right? So you have Clean Eastwood coming to the to the small town in the west, it's a western, I guess, and uh, and there's trouble. There's this uh, crooked uh, cowboy who's terrorizing the city, killing people, doing all sorts of mayhem, and Clean Eastwood comes in and fixes everything up because he's the good guy and uh, the crook is the bad guy now I love Legos there you go and I also love these Lego movies that have uh, come out uh, and the last one the, the, the second Lego movie oh sorry in between the two Lego movies there's a ba Lego Batman movie now in the Lego Batman movie, Batman and the Joker are obviously fighting it out in Gotham City, like they always do. But there's the thing where, well, Batman needs the Joker, and Joker needs the Batman. Because if there is no Joker, what what's Batman going to be doing? Like, 
if there is no crime, how, how am I going to become the, the crime fighter? So they're reliant on each other. And if you try to get rid of your nemesis, what, what's going to be left once you've completed that task? So in a sense, for there to be a good guy, there needs to actually be a bad guy. But if you conclude that the mission is to destroy the bad guy for the good guy to always reign, then I think you might be in some sort of trouble, right? Because there's room for both of them. And in this dualistic playground that we're in, well, it's it's a world of good guys and bad guys. And I think if you look internally, you'll see that you got a good guy and a bad guy inside yourself. And typically, you're trying to suppress your bad guy because you want to be the good guy, right? But here's the thing. It's a matter of perspective, right? So from your perspective, as a soldier going to Iraq, you're the good guy because you're bringing peace and democracy. But as this uh, insurgent terrorist, you're the bad guy because he's protecting his country. Now... This is very, I think, interesting because if we only look at things from our perspective, we typically always see the other as bad and ourselves as good, or ironically, the other way around. Rarely we end up in the middle where we're supposed to be. So you're walking around thinking you're the good guy and everyone else is bad, so you need to tell them off. You need to set things straight. Let's, for example, take a more, um, uh, well, in in this in this day and age, uh, Greta and Trump. Now, obviously, she's the good guy, right? And he's the bad guy because she's a little girl talking about saving the environment, and he's an asshole talking about, well, profits. <sighs> but Trump thinks he's a good guy, and Greta thinks she's a good girl, I guess, from that perspective. And we, the people around them, get sort of stuck in having to choose sides. Are we with the good guy or with the bad guy? And who's the good guy and who's the bad guy anyways? But the thing is that it's not, it's a diversion. This is not where the, this is not what this is all about. Because if you're listening to people, you will find that they have some good in them and some bad and then you can actually make a conscious decision as to what do you want to do with that information. Because, well, Greta says a lot of lovely things, but she also tells us we're doomed. And I think it's, well, it's a nice way to actually try to wake us up to the fact that if we want to make things better, we actually have to put our money where our mouths are. Uh, but that doesn't mean that her opponent is all bad. But through making Trump, it's like classic example, the bad guy, well, then what's going to happen with him? Well, he's just a guy that from his perspective is trying to make the world a better place. So you have these two opposing forces and one of them's got to be right, right? You can't have both being right. And this, I think, is 
what we tend to forget that this is a this is a place of polarization and duality but it's not a place of clear right and wrongs when it comes to opinions there is like a gray area and you need to check in with yourself to see like where where do you fit into this picture and what are your uh, what's your background for thinking what you're actually thinking so obviously this place is good But do we need bad for there to be good? Huh? Think about that. Why I drink, drink my water. I, I don't. I don't like coffee. Never have. Once, once when I was a kid, got like sugar cubes dipped in coffee from my grandfather. That was great. Other than that, never liked the stuff. And I grew up in Trondheim, and we used to drink moonshine with coffee. Horrible, horrible. Moonshine was no good. The coffee was horrible. Drank it cold. Who does this? It's crazy. We were bad. Well, I don't know. Some thought it was good. But I guess through the whole coffee metaphor, does me not liking coffee make coffee bad? Well, coffee is just coffee. I have some preferences and the... I'm not that into coffee, but does that make me a coffee hater? And uh, does it make me the villain in the big coffee conflicts? Oh, that That's the word, conflicts. I'm going to write that down, conflict. 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 There we go. In order for there to be a conflict, there needs to be two opposing forces. So like uh, uh, my background in film and television, for there to be good, a good story, there needs to be conflict. For there to be conflicts, there needs to be opposing forces. So for something to happen, there has to be like things pulling in different directions. Okay. So, if we look at this whole thing differently, we can see that the pull is actually us growing and expanding and, and we're getting better at things and we're doing that through polarization. Because it's easier to see what we're doing when we polarize, whereas if we're just sticking to the... Like, nobody's saying anything, like in a relationship, if things aren't perfect, good, and everyone's quiet it's going to get worse because you'll just be stuck in your mind like thinking, well, he's wrong and I'm right, so I'm not going to say anything out loud. It's actually th- through saying things out loud that we we can see people's perspectives and and we can actually find a bigger truth and, and maybe some common ground instead of just looking at what separates us. And I guess, for instance, Greta if she doesn't want to meet Trump even, well, how are they going to be able to speak to each other and actually find that common ground? Because we all do share common ground because we came from the same thing, right? We're stardust or... Well, the product of uh, of, uh, of uh, this uh, Big Bang creation thing happened a while back. 
Now, even though Rob is not here, he's prepared some clips for us. Now I'm going to run the clip. Polarity and relationship. Sameness versus differences. Sameness. I like that word. Let's see if I can... Uh, can put, put the thing into the thing. Here we go. Okay, I just... I just learned something. I'm, I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about this uh, this difference in uh, <clears> that, okay, if you're, if you're in a relationship, you can kind of have a relationship problem. And a relationship is really much a lot based on sameness in the sense that as a couple over time, you kind of find similarities and you... Uh, grow those similarities and you become more of the same. Uh, the only challenge with that is that um, sexuality, the sexual dimension of the relationship, does not strive on sameness, kind of dies of sameness. So you need to be able to, to create opposites. You need to be able to to, to uh, be, be in polarity in uh, the energies and it doesn't really matter you can you can uh, make it into a lot of definitions and a lot of things but when it comes down to it the point is that it needs to be something different the, the other one needs to have a different role uh, in order to make it work like uh, basically if one one is leading and one is being led that's that's one thing that's two differences there can be other kind of differences but it must be um, something that sparks there must, there must be a kind of a electricity uh, that can only be created by allowing those differences and maybe even sometimes if you've been together for a long time you need to spark them like with intention to make it different <coughs> um, yeah just that was just uh, very interesting like I've never heard before that people talk about sexuality and relationship as two very different things there is like this myth that if you are in a relationship it's, it's gonna uh, get better and better or whatever uh, so yeah what do you think Ulf? Hey, that's me. What do I think? Well, relationships and sexuality. Hmm, interesting. I do have to confess that I was checking a lot of the technological stuff while he was speaking. I wasn't properly present. Well, but I did get like sort of the, the gist of the whole thing. So let's just go with it. What else can I do but be you or me? <sighs> well, in a relationship, and I think relationships are crucial to our growth because relationships bring out these opposite feelings that we have inside. And because when we're alone... We're typically sort of like stuck in our own mind. But whereas when we're together with someone, and especially when we sort of let that other person in, we get to sort of see, see ourselves from a different perspective. 
And for the relationship to grow, it's all about actually listening to the different ways that you see yourself and incorporating all those things. So you're not just this person, you're a multitude of persons, your personalities, and and in a relationship you will actually be confronted with these aspects of yourself. And then, well, what are you? Like, which side are you on? And typically, like, in, there's always this, this, this idea of right and wrong, right? Which side do you choose? Because you want to end up on the right side, right? You don't want to be wrong. Because if you're wrong, then you're going to lose face and you're going to look like a dumbass and an idiot. And you don't want to be the idiot, right? You want to be the clever guy who figured everything out. But there's, um, I guess there's sort of like a catch to that because you could sort of get caught in the whole thing. And it becomes more important to be right than to actually listen. Because relationships are about listening. Because when you listen, that's how you grow. And when you listen, you'll find that there aren't polarities. It's it's a joining, it's a communion. But in order to do that, you have to like get out of your own way. And uh, well, that's hard, right? Because the ego insists that you are separate from everything else. And then you sort of need to find 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 that your place in the whole drama of life. And then you give in to the drama and then well it becomes quite dramatic. But it doesn't have to be that way. But at the same time it's quite entertaining. Fun. Like if your life was a movie you didn't want it to be nothing happening so in order for you to grow things need to be happening to challenge your beliefs and your thoughts about yourself and that well through relationship and with other people that's like the the perfect training ground to get that rocket going so choosing sides which, which which side on history? Which side of history you're gonna you're gonna be on? Like, it's interesting, right? What if you fail? That would suck, right? Then you'd be right back to square one again. You don't want that. But in order to do that, you have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to choose the wrong side. You have to be willing to be wrong. At the core of it all, there is no right and wrong. Because that's part of the play. But whilst you're playing, like if you're playing Monopoly, if you're playing like the, it doesn't matter how much money you got and uh, how many streets you bought and how many houses and hotels, the game isn't going to make much sense. And if you're going to learn to play the game properly, you need to sort of get the rules of the game right sort of get the gist of the whole thing and then you need to sort of play it the best way you see fit. But there are, in reality, no sides. 
to this puzzle. So it's just a matter of showing up and, uh, and listening and uh, being willing to be the bad guy, you know? Not in terms of shooting everyone with a semi-automatic gun. If that's going to hurt a lot of people. I'm joking. Relax. We're fine. This, this, all of this is part of the experience. But it's it, when you come to the point where you're sort of like, I want this, but not that. I want the good stuff, not the bad stuff. But your experience is like as a result of these opposing forces. So in order for you to have a good day, it would greatly benefit you to have a bad one. And it's only if when you are in the bad place that you don't want to be there that things become unbearable. Because you can bear a lot. Yeah. You can bear a lot. Just like this battery can power a toy maybe for like it seems years because these toys they just keep on making that damn noise drives me insane you know but then again noise is, is also sort of fun especially for the young ones oh, let me check it. did, 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 did God say anything about oh my god there's why do we think all other people are idiots? I like that one. Why do we think all other people are idiots? And do social media actually make that worse? <sighs> now, this is tough for us all to hear. But the reason why we walk around thinking that other people are idiots is because deep inside ourselves we have this core belief that we are the idiots. We're the fuck-up. We're the, the frauds. And we're constantly afraid of getting found out. So then it's much easier to put the blame on everyone else because then nobody will see, right, that you're the culprit of the whole thing. But they're just mirrors, man. Just mirrors. And, and social media becomes that mirror in a very interesting way. Because on social media, you can be your worst self, right? You can write heinous things to people you'd never met. You can really like dig into that, that hatred and that, well, I'm right, and this person is clearly wrong. But because that person isn't right in front of you looking in your eyes you can just well, go to town but what on a deeper level you're doing is just lashing out at yourself lashing out at your own fears and your own insecurities and also i think one of the reasons one one interesting aspect about social media or is facebook to blame as uh, garnas so elegantly put it is that Facebook t has a tendency to portray everything as, as so great, like like we we portray our lives as as perfect. Well, they're they're not, you know, it's a mess. And then we look at other people, and other people seems to be doing great, and we're doing 
horribly in comparison, so we feel like idiots. And so if the opportunity arises and we see someone who has an opinion who we disagree, we just let all our insecurities and fear and hatred pour into that message that we reply and well it just becomes very absurd and very well a very good by good good guy bad guy in sort of way so Interestingly enough, like, would would you say this to a person face-to-face? No, you would never, unless you were really upset. But would you say it to yourself? And I do believe the answer is, yes, I say this to myself all the friggin' time. So when you're seeing a racist online, that sort of triggers your own inner racist. Oh, but I'm not racist... Well, if you weren't, you wouldn't be triggered. All right? So just chill and listen to yourself and others and trust that between the outer perimeters of of, uh, polarization, there is growth. And the growth is an upwards motion. It's like a tree. But underground, you know, the... I forgot the word for... uh, Roots. (laughs) The roots are spreading out as well. Polarity. Plus and minus. Oh, 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 oh. We're going to do another segment from Rabba. I like that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be more uh, attentive and listen to what the guy is saying this time around. Yeah, well, you do that too. Yeah, we'll listen, listen, listen. Good. What has always fascinated me, I think this is uh, my awakening. That the biggest shift was, um, I mean, it was kind of just to realize that there is more than just this physical reality and and to to get the remembrance of that to get the kind of poke to to dare to acknowledge it that's one dimension of it but the other dimension of it that really struck me and that made a huge transformation in my life that's the the polarity that you can create in your mind because like there's one thing is to have the the polarity of you know, masculine energy, feminine energy, and this kind of dance, leading and pacing and all these things, that that is a necessity to, to life um, in that sense. But it's like, um, what I'm talking about here is that you actually are putting yourself in a trap. You're saying to yourself that uh, you have like like a challenge. You had you decide that something is a problem. Like, oh, I um, I need to have enough money in order to be okay. Um, so what I do then 
is that I start chasing the idea of money. That, okay, how can I earn mon more money to get to this certain place? Um, and that makes sense, you know? You have decided that you want something and you, you are um, uh, kind of chasing it. And then, but what happens then is that you simultaneously, you have created also the opposite reality. You have put the opposite reality into existence, which is like this. It's like, I cannot not have enough money. I can, uh, uh, maybe you're even afraid of not having enough money. Um, so then you have created those two stories that you kind of have started a war in between. So if you, if you see them kind of horizontally, you have two different realities uh, beside each other and you put energy into one of them and then you exhaust yourself like okay you try so hard to earn enough money uh, based on some kind of standard and then you get exhausted and you kind of get tired and ah oh, fuck this shit and then you go into the other thing like oh what if I'm never gonna have enough money never gonna work never gonna this and that and oh that's so bad that's so terrible it shouldn't be like this and then eventually you kind of get exhausted of that reality too so you kind of turn around again and then and then uh, start believing in the goal again and you are going around in this kind of uh, this kind of crazy eights round and around and around and around and you actually never really get anywhere and that's the interesting part of this is that this is what we're doing also on a global level like this whole climate change um, the crisis uh, fighting different important political causes is kind of uh, just a play of those polarities that distract us from actually realizing what's what's the meaning what we really want so that's what I learned from that when I had this huge realization to it is that Holy crap, I've, I've given so much energy into trying to fix something that, can, that I can never fix because I'm, I'm kind of just chasing my own tail. So uh, I'm, I'm chasing a reality that is made up in my mind as a standard, not as a, actually as somewhere reachable. So that's the whole thing with the smooth place as well, that you cannot, you cannot dream of the idea of arriving at the smooth place where you've done everything right without also believing in the, this um, idea of there being somewhere else that is not a good place to be. So that's kind of... Uh, ah, the light is so bright. It's not raining anymore, actually. Ooh. Um, yeah, so that's uh, when the light shines true, you know? Ah, then... That's grace. That's just... Ah. And the reason why that can happen is because you stop fighting. You realize that you can never win that war between those two opposites. So you, uh, then you're ready to find the middle way, which is not like a, uh, like a, a compromise of the two. It's more like a third way that is a different way, which is not uh, claiming to either one of those opposites and then you kind of then you come to a point where you're willing to actually face the the, 
the ego perspective that lies behind it, the, the kind of trauma or the kind of um, hidden uh, pain that made you believe in, in the idea being so important in the first place. So when you face that and you let go of that whole mindset, then you're ready to transcend into a new reality where you no longer create that old reality of either or, um, either having enough or not having enough. enough. So abundance can only come from that the realization that you can never win uh, the fight with your own mind. You can only transcend that state, like giving it up, being willing to let it die, basically. Realizing when, when something is so important, it means you're stuck. That's my kind of ground rule to this. When something is so important that I truly believe I have to make it, then I know I'm off track. Because then I'm engaged and attached in my mind without realizing that the sun always shines above the clouds. All I have to do is to let go of the idea that I have to fix anything. And then I transcend and I become ready to create an experience, a new reality where that problem is, hasn't been created. It has not been created, so there is nothing to destroy or to remove. And this, so funny, this, this thing we're doing with war as well, you know, we're still, there is still all this war going on in the world. Why is that? Still part of our consciousness. We're all in this together, are believing in the idea that you can, you can win over your comp, the, um, your enemy. You can, you can decide that someone is not part of you, and you can decide that they, you need to destroy them, remove them in order to fix your problem, or uh, because the you have already tried to convince them to agree with your idea and they said no. So, okay, then the, the only reasonable thing is to, to remove them from the surface of the earth so that everyone could agree on the same thing and be friends. That's not how you create friends. Then you will always need to big, kind of build a bigger fence um, around uh, your country in order to keep all the things you don't want to recognize as part of yourself, uh, away from you because you're afraid. And that's, we are doing this on a, on a global scale and we're doing it so much in here all the time. All the time. That was a good, that was a good one, Rabbe. I like that. <sighs> because can we ever win a war? I think... That was a good one, Rabbe. Sorry about that. Can we ever win the war? I have to uh, admit that what really struck a chord with me was comparing a relationship to to a armed conflict. When you have two opposing forces, one trying to win over the other, say in a relationship. 
if one if if uh, you are arguing with your partner and uh, and you win the argument you haven't really won you both have lost the relationship is losing and the same thing goes for for war as well if two countries are in conflict with each other or internally or and they're trying to solve this through war through trying to get their agenda to be the right agenda they will both lose there are no winners in war only losers but the moment you see that this thing that's in between you that's what we need to aim for our common ground that's going to elevate us because when you're in conflict with with a partner and you listen and you surrender there is this thing called grace and that's the light and that's the thing that elevates you and that's your common ground and there will be no end to war before we stop the war with ourselves and when we start listening within actually on that one Medicine and alternative health. Or as uh, Garner says, it's... Uh, why are people either for alternative medicine or very much against? Yeah, that's interesting. Now, you'll have... Uh, medicine, like you're going to the doctor, which is based on on the scientific method, right? And then you have this alternative, which is based on more wooey things like intuition or auras or, or uh, past lives or, or whatever. And well, the reason why these things seems like two opposing factors is, well, it's just because we're stuck in the idea that they have to be two different things you cannot combine the two like they're separate so we're insisting that well there's one field which is on this side and then you have this other field that's on that side and they're they're so far apart that there's no way to combine the two and whereas um, modern medicine is sort of based on us looking into to, to multiple cases and seeing whether something works or not through the scientific method. So this medicine works because we've tried it on a thousand people and it worked on 200 of them, so we know it works, or hopefully more than that. And then you have this other side, which is the where I feel sort of like alternative health typically will will land is where this one person had this experience, so it's working. But when you're stuck in the mindset of, well, we, but we need proof in the pudding, we need to see controlled tests and everything, and you have the other side saying, well, we had, this, the, we have the proof in this one person. But when you're stuck, when both sides are stuck in these ideas that, well, we need it to be this way, we need it to be that way, then they're just going to grow further apart. But there is common ground in the whole thing because. 
if we just listen to each other. If 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 the alternative side listened to the to the medical field, and if the medical field listened to the other one, that's how we win. Because right now we're sort of losing because what we're just looking at is, well, how can we prove the other side wrong? Now, here's what's so fun about life on planet Earth is that we have no idea what we're doing most of the time. And we have no idea how things function because they're so complicated. So when we take the human body, it's like, we're fig- we've figured most of it out. We have no, like, honestly, we know just a tiny fraction of the whole thing on the surface level. And through just sticking to like, well, it's got to be this way or it's got to be that way, the moment you open up the door to the infinite possibilities that both things can actually be right, and if you listen and investigate, you can actually find a greater truth, which is elevated, which is higher up. But we're so stuck in it's got to be right and it's got to be wrong, right? And then, well, then you're stuck. Religion and science, and I guess it sort of goes hand in hand, right? So you have religion, which is sort of like a science in itself, but at the core of religion is this word called faith. You just got to have faith. While Science is fact-based, so we need to find, we need to control, and we need to prove the facts, and then we can believe in them. But you can, at one point, we're just gonna have to have to stop the whole conflict because we're just looking for the bad in the other part, you know, like. If you want the other party to be wrong, you're just you'll enhance the the things not working, and uh, and uh, forget the things that are actually working. And I think with science is is the evolution of of the human species growing into something bigger. Like we're starting to get the 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 size, the vastness of the whole thing is like. It's huge, right? On all levels, like inwards and outwards, on a molecular level, and um, and then we're sort of well, then we don't need religion anymore. But that's a baby with the bathwater type situation because there are things within religion that we can actually gain from, and that all boils down to well. Why are we here? What's the purpose of this whole thing? And if we blindly follow science, we're searching for the meaning of life outside of ourselves. And we need to search all over the place, inside as well. And only then can we find a bigger truth that will be applicable both for you as an individual and for us as a whole. Dark and light. Yeah. Every friggin' day, sun gets up, or goes down again, and there's light and there's dark. 
good and bad. These labels, I think it's time that we see that these labels are limiting us. That there are positive aspects to dark as there is to light. We need rest. So darkness is good for letting things go. Darkness is death. Well, that's horrible, right? End of the line stuff. But you need death to have rebirth. If you ask the trees to just keep on blossoming, it's just going to... That's no journey, is it? They need to blossom and then they need to die metaphorically speaking, before they're reborn next season. I don't want to run the last clip for Mr. Rabadab. Light and darkness. When you're driving through darkness, you, you're going through the, the darkest path of, of your life, like the, the dark night of the soul, or this really dark patch of your life. And you get invested in the idea that it shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't be dark here. I don't want it like this. It's not fair. Uh, I don't know how I can survive this. Uh, it should be better. It should be different. And I've deserved something else. And I'm so fucking tired. And I cannot be here. What's happening then? Is that you, you're talking about what you don't want without realizing that life is always changing and your job is only to, to, um, to deal with what is right in front of you. You cannot uh, kind of judge darkness uh, and make it bad because then it just takes so long for you to realize that before you know it, you're back in the sun. It's not, it's not what defines you. But when we think we are defined by if we are in darkness or in the light, we always have a favorite and we always have a, a judgment about it. So we always, we create the same kind of war within ourselves. This is how the mind works. So there is no need to be ashamed or to feel bad about it. Um, the only way out of it is to again and again remember that we have played, we have fooled ourselves again to play this funny game of life, which is meant to be played anyway, but uh, part of the journey is to realize it again and again, so that we don't need to go into the same traps over and over again. Basic ground rule is the sun always shines above the clouds. And when you can integrate that as a truth, life can never really hurt you as bad again. Truly not. Because um, you deep, deep, deep down know that no matter how hard life is right now, I know, I know that this too will pass. Ah. And I mentioned Dark Night of the Soul is kind of going through an awakening process where you start realizing that you are carrying, well, you realize that you are part of this infinite universe, that you are 
a soul or a consciousness that is more than your body but you also become aware of holy shit I'm carrying within me all this uh, like unconsciousness that I've hidden away stored on shelves to keep out of my mind or like uh, because I don't know how to deal with it but now when I start to remember who I am everything comes into the surface so I can deal with it and it can become so dark but the only reason that is happening is because life is here to serve you and now you're ready to bring out the garbage oh yes so um, just start I know it can be hard but the only way out is to start falling in love with the process and the more you go through these things you go through these shifts and the more you start realizing how great it is like okay I need to, to feel all this pain but when I have acknowledged it and said yes to feeling it not you know running away from it but acknowledging that it's there daring to to kind of cleanse it through my body what is happening is actually um, the scale of joy becomes so more so much greater like you have to kind of cleanse out the uh, the dark shit uh, the dark things uh, of your mind in order to be able to uh, feel more of the good stuff like you cannot escape the dark stuff uh, and think that you deserve the good stuff because you, if you're not willing to show up in, in your darkness you don't really have room for light let there be light he said and there was light if you're cleaning out your basement you need to turn on the lights my man opposites attract Can we conclude this polarization? Well, let me give it a go. Well, in order to, for us to grow, we need to sort of check out both sides of the thing, of the puzzle called life. So we need to put it all the way out into the right side and all the way into the left side, and then we'll elevate up. Well, that makes sense. We've got a house there. It's pretty cool for us to, to grow in. Now, it's when you start rejecting and insisting that there is only one side, that there is only the right side, it's going to be very hard to grow and that's going to just push you further out and it's going to hurt even more, but it's going to propel you even higher. So I think this, this point in time, we're just, we're doing this this perfect slingshot operation where we're just pushing, pushing out, pushing out, pushing out. Gotta be right, gotta be wrong, gotta be good, gotta be bad. And then we'll just smack. And we're good as gold. And uh, we're elevated. And we realize that, uh, well, this is what we came for. And uh, this, is the, this is the good stuff. This is the life. And it's game. Game time. Fun and games. If you like this show, support us on Patreon. 
patreon.com slash the, the wake-up show. Thank you so much to all our supporters. It really makes a difference. We want to make this show as great and beautiful as possible, and you can help make that happen, my friend. So remember, when you're in a heated argument and you think the other guy's an idiot, get in touch with your inner, inner idiot, listen, relax, and see that the truth shall set you free. And this brings me to our weekly quote. Because I've searched the internet far and wide to find a... Uh, quote that I think uh, applies to, to this, uh, this, uh, this theme in this episode. So printed it out on a piece of paper. It looks like this. God damn you! That's, that's small print. You need, to, you need to read the fine print, my man. It's gonna get it a bit closer there. What, what does it say? It says something along the lines of if you, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make the change Michael Jackson said that in a song your inner idiot my friend your inner idiot is a friend indeed a friend in need and I think to myself have a wonderful day
think to myself